that they were owed the money. And so the question is always, um, who's, uh, who's going to get it? Who gets the money? Okay. So let's begin again from the last case about the boat. Or let's call it a yacht, maybe. Just make it more exciting. On Peydalet Amad Bey's 84B. Doesn't say exactly what kind of boat it was. But uh, let's, it's five lines from the bottom. Four lines. Famous case of the boat, of the yacht. Yemar Bar Chashu. The guy's his name was Yemar Bar Chashu. His name was Yemar Bar Chashu. Avimasik Bezuze Bahu Gavra. He owed money to a certain man. Shokif, he passed away, and uh, he didn't leave any, uh, any money to pay back the debt, but he had a yacht, he had a boat, Vishavik Arba, he left a boat. And so the, there was this boat. Now, boats aren't usually kept in, at home, they're kept at the public dock. So we said before that there was room for creditors to seize uh, property that was left out in the public. In other words, to go to the guy's house and to get, you know, what's on top of the land, that goes to the heirs. Uh, good luck at that. And, uh, but to go to the Rishus Harabim, uh, we said, we quoted an opinion that uh, if it was like the money was there for the taking and he owed it to you, so why shouldn't you be the one who gets their debt paid back? So that was the question. So he wanted, this person was owed money. And he, he thought, great, I'll repo the boat. So uh, he sent his henchmen to go grab the boat. So that's what he did. He sent to Shomer Leilishlucho, Zil Tavsu, go and grab it. So he went and he grabbed it. Now on the way to grabbing it, there were other people also running to the dock to try to seize that boat. So he ran into Repapa Verevhuna Braid of Yeshua. Three, three learned people, there were two rabbis and one messenger. So they, uh, so when they were there, they understood that he had grabbed the boat. Who, what are you doing here? You're just a messenger. This guy was like a neutral party that was uh, hired to go grab the boat. So the rule is that uh, a person themselves has to be the one to pick up to to seize the their debt, but you can't send a messenger to seize it on behalf of someone else when it's going to hurt other people. In other words, by you grabbing this boat, you're preventing the other creditors from taking the boat. So you have no right to be a messenger that's going to uh, harm other people. If you're going to grab a debt that's owed, if it doesn't hurt anybody else and you're just picking it up, that's fine. But when uh, we're in the middle of having this argument, only the Bali Dvorim could fight this out. You have no right to grab it on behalf of, um, uh, on behalf of one party. Uh, you know, you can't do that. So you're both going to, I don't know exactly how the parameters of this work. I, I don't know what that, we're that's saying that. That overrides Usually you send him as your man. I, I, I can't go get the boat. I sent my guy. Why shouldn't he be like me? But, uh, but they stopped him in his tracks and they said, you can't take that. You're just a shliach. And if it's going to take away from other people. So, uh, uh, so they sent the shliach away and said, you have no power over here. So, and then once the shliach let go of the boat, guess what? These two rabbis grabbed it. 
So Inu, Tosu Inu, they said, well, that's the halacha, by the way, very good. And so now that you let it go, uh, they grabbed it. So now the question was, uh, the, uh, which of the two, because they also were owed money. This guy borrowed money from everybody in town. That, that's the way it works. When people owe money, they owe lots of people. Okay. So uh, the question was, each rabbi wanted to figure out, how am I going to acquire it first? So one rabbi jumped into the boat, and he starts, he starts rowing away, showing he's the boss of this boat. And that's how he would acquire the boat to pay back his debts. The other rabbi grabbed uh, the rope on the boat and started doing the canal thing, you know, where you pull the boat along. So that was Rehuna, Brave Yeshua, Mamtik Le Ba'ashle. He pulls the ropes. While the other guy was inside the boat? Each one was trying to do I, so I was trying to figure that out. It doesn't say like how, like if one guy's rowing away. So it doesn't tell us how this worked out exactly. So um, uh, now the question was who who owns that boat? So one of them says, "Anakanile Lakula." He says, "I rode it. It's mine." And the other one said, no, I pulled it, it's mine, on a Kanina Le So, um, the, uh, no, there were two rabbis and the messenger. The messenger, they sent him off. They said, you have, you don't belong here. That's right. So just the two rabbis. So, uh, that happened to be that, uh, there was another rabbi seeing these other two rabbis. What's going on over here? So, so they ran into Repinkus Barami, and they said, well, what do you think? Who's right over here? Didn't we, rule, didn't we learn that uh, you're only allowed to seize something if it's totally in a public property? This was on a private dock. This, was in a, this wasn't public property. So, he said, no, we grabbed it from like, it wasn't at the dock, it was like in the middle of the water. So that was like, it was just, they thought of that. That's, uh, so, um, uh, so therefore they were, they were saying that that, that that wouldn't prevent them from acquiring the boat. In other words, if the boat was just a dock on a private, you know, whatever, that's not public property. But they said, no, they, they actually took the boat from the middle of the waterway. They, they took it for a ride in the waterway, so therefore they were entitled to keep it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not understanding. It was sitting out in the... Let's say it was, it was by a buoy out in the middle of the water. How'd they get there? There's Rashi four lines down. The harifta denara from the... Um, this word harif, by the way, usually means sharp. Harif. harif the sharp part of the sea. Lo al-svasanar. They didn't find it by the edge of the sea, Shehika Simta, which is just like an alleyway, which is semi-private, El They grabbed it from there, They grabbed it in the middle of the lake, Shekola You want to know how it got there, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm okay with how the boat got there. How did they get there? They get Lots the of questions, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that's an answer. It doesn't tell us. We don't know. Okay. But that's a good point. They, they, they wanted to get their money back. They found a way to get to the boat. So, um, so meanwhile, these two rabbis have a disagreement about which one uh, should be the owner, the one that pulled it or the one that um, 
the one that wrote it. So, Asa Kameda Rava. So they brought their case in front of Rava. So Rava was very upset at these two rabbis. He said, Kuki Kveris, you Kuki Kveri guys, you. You, you uh, white geese. Mishalka Glimid Inshi. You'll take a coat off a person's back. That's a strong. Two, uh, white geese were because they were white rabbis. Their, their beards were white. In other words, you, you're older already. You should you know, you should know better. Um, basically, he felt that they were being overzealous in protecting their monetary rights. So he, he was giving them wasser. And uh, But that was what he said to them. That was the expression. Uh, the truth is, it could mean something else, because we never fully get these expressions that are used in the Gemara. But, uh, but that's what it means. Uh, Kuki, Rashi says, are, are geese, kaveri al shem shizakenim havi, because they were white. So, you're, you're, taking, you're taking the shirt off a person's back. Om Rev Nachman. Okay. Rev Nachman taught v'hushet toastu mechayim. You got the halacha wrong, rabbis. <laughs> After they swam to the middle of the sea, like you said, and they, you know, fighting over the boat, he said, that's only if you grab it while the owner's still alive. We had another view that once he died, it's too late. We quoted that on the previous page. So he said, uh, um, he said to him, you wasted your time, basically. That was the... Uh, um, okay, next case. So, meaning that uh, even though it's either entirely in Rishus Rabim or partially in Rishus Rabim, still goes to the orchard. Correct. It's only when, that, when you grab it while the, in other words, the guy's on the deathbed, then you've got to grab it while he's still alive. But if you grabbed it after he passed, then it, it, inheritance almost like invisibly transfers to the heirs. That's the idea. In other words, like they, they, if they would have gotten it before he died, so they would have gotten it straight from him. But once he dies, magically, or you could say like they, take, they, they, they put on his shoes or they become him. But it, it transfers automatically and so they can't grab it according to that thing. Yeah, I understand the whole thing. If they grab it while he's still alive and he doesn't give it, yeah, he's grabbing it, even though, this, even though he's got a sheep. The money was due. It was for collections. he's got a sheep. But nevertheless, isn't that, I know, it's like they're, they're forcing him to, to, to give this to him. Let's well, taking the shirt off the back. That's, that's what he meant. Taking the well, the, Dr. Yaffe is asking here: uh, How far can a collection agency go? Someone owes you the money; they're supposed to pay. Can they? Uh, can they seize the auto? Can they repo the auto? They usually do. Right? That's right. It sounds like what you're saying. What the Gemara is saying is, is that after he died, that split second, now the estate has to pay his debt. And all everything, all inheritance, everything is coming. It goes to the state, the heirs. Correct. So before he dies, then they can repo the auto. Right. They can go and take it themselves. Right. They, and he can fight them in court where the owes. He doesn't know. Right. But after he dies, it goes to the estate, and there's a process to take it away from. We said before, everybody else, if they want to take it, they're going to have to take a shvua. They have to go to court and hold the Torah and swear by Hashem's holy name and they got to bring the proof and it's a whole long... And, and it's not easy to take from orphans. That's what we had before. But if they grabbed it while he was still alive, so that's less of a process. So it's like at the moment of death, it's like declaring bankruptcy? Is that the idea? So, so I, I kind of hit that. It's a different owner. It's like a, a different owner transfer or, or they take over the shoe. It, well, we're saying it's even less. If he was alive, they could have grabbed it. Now that he's not alive, then uh, the orphans got it. And, you know, good luck in getting it from the orphans. Yeah. There is, but that's a process. You've got to take an oath and you've got to... 
That's exactly what it is. That's, that's the truth. The, the estate owns all of his stuff now, and they're responsible for his debt. It's not grabbable. Right. It's, uh, it's no longer grabbable. Even in secular law, when a person's alive, he can pay. Once a person dies, there's like all kinds of paperwork, like, you know, like the, uh, to, to do things for that. People. Okay. No, another case. Avimi, Berei de Revavahu. Avimi, the son of Revavahu, have a be bechuzoi. He owed money to somebody in Chuzoi, on the other end of the world. That was a far-off town. And uh, they were demanding the money be repaid. So, uh, or either that or he just, he knew he had to repay it. So, Shagabiyad Chama, he didn't plan on traveling to Chuzoi, so how was he going to pay the money back? So, there was a messenger named Chama. So, he sent it in the hands of Chama, Bereda Rabbi Baravo. He said, uh, he appointed him, he said, do me a favor, also, um, uh, go, go, I'm hiring you, here's the money, go pay back the debt. So, Oslo, he went, he gave the money to the people who were owed. Give me back the IOU. Give me back the papers. They said to him, They said, uh, oh, you mean those papers? <laughs> we're not giving you those back. He, they said, he actually owed us double the money. And the money that you paid went for another loan. And they're still going to use those papers to get the money. And so uh, this turned out, uh, it didn't help him at all because he didn't get the papers, he didn't get the document ripped up. So he came back to Revavohu, said, I did what you told me. I paid back the debt, but they refused to give me the papers. Can you prove it? Um, did you do it in front of witnesses? Did you do it in front of witnesses? Lo, no. Don't have any witness. Um, uh, actually, one second. Um, the, uh, I, I, I jumped the case a little bit. Let's, let's start again. The messenger gave them the money, and they refused to turn over the papers. So he then took them to court. The messenger, uh, um, uh, this guy Chama, took them in front of Revavahu and said, you have to give me the papers back. So So then Revavo asked him, the messenger, do you, can you prove that you gave them the money? Amalulo, no, I can't. Uh, is, is an independent rabbi who they took him to no, court. Local. No, no, he's Avimi Berei de Rebbe Avo. It's the guy who wrote. So it could be it's his father. But they, they took him in front of him for, for to, to know what to do. So they could have said, who are you? We, we, we never received the money. So the fact that they, they said they're admitting that they got the money, they're also believed to say that this money went for a different loan. Um, so uh, they don't have to give you back the document. So that was what the, uh, the story was over here, and he was out of luck. And Rashi? That document is not going to be specific to the loan? It is, but so, but basically, they accepted the money and said, what, what do you mean you accepted the money? I, I only gave you the money, so you should give me back the papers. And they said, well, that went for a different loan, a citroy. Let's see, Rashi, citroy. We had a loan without a document, and the fact that we're not going to give you the money back that you just paid us, that went for the other loan. So now, the messenger came back, 
uh, without having uh, the original loan to rip up. And in effect, they didn't do them any good because they still have the, uh, the loan to collect. So now he said, but now they have to pay the messenger. He said, here's your bill for me going all that way to Chuzoi. So in shliach mai. So they got to pay the shliach. So Omer Avashi Chazinin. Well, we have to see if it was the messenger's fault over here. If the messenger said, uh, was told, collect the document first and then give the money Mishalim. Um, then uh, so then uh, he should, um, uh, it, if that's what he was told, so then, um, then the messenger should have to pay because um, he blew it. He, wasn't, he did it wrong. He, the whole idea was when you pay back a debt, you make sure, show me that you have the document, give it in my hand, and I'll give you the money. So <coughs> if they said, have Zuzain, give the money, star and take it afterwards, lo mishalim. So either way, the messenger didn't do anything wrong. So therefore, it de- whether or not the messenger is at fault here depends on whether you, your instructions. But the Gemara says, lohi, either way, mishalim, Either way, the messengers that fault, I sent you to fix things, not to mess me up. You mess, this, this messenger messed up. Rashi, you should have figured out how to do this. Let's do that earlier, Rashi. Was he negligent that he gave, back the, gave him the money before he got the papers? Because the, the, the only... The reason that you pay back is so that you can tear up the loan. If, you, if these people can't produce the loan document to tear up, then you don't give them the money. So uh, that was the, that's, the, that's all we know about that case. Isn't there a thought to say that uh, really the, the, the lender, like giving a loan while past, is, is clearly not the best way to do things. Okay. You know, he sort of set himself up. Well, he we don't know. One if it, loan with a star, right. one loan without a star. He didn't, he didn't give the shliach proper instructions. He, like, he, like, did half right. Of well, you're assuming it's true. I thought they made up the whole thing about uh, that extra. Well, I don't think he knew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. They, well, if he, if he knew that he should have been more specific and said, make sure that I, I want you to collect the, uh, the oral loan, you know, they don't have proof. They can't sue me for them. They can't lean on that. So pay back the other one, right? But, uh, right. Yeah, I hear. They need to apply it. Uh, so let, let we get another case. Hahu is sister. There was that woman. So uh, somebody um, uh, <coughs> decided that she was a trustworthy person to hold his IOUs. So he gave her, he said, here, here, I want you to hold on uh, to um, uh, uh, this, this fellow was traveling. And he gave the woman these checks and things to hold on to. So, uh, and then he died. So, um, so uh, the heirs came, and uh, they uh, they wanted to collect these documents. Um, that was the uh, that was the case. Um, so, um, uh, and uh, apparently, uh, she felt that she was owed money. This lady, so they. Again, she was owed money, and he gave, as a guarantee, a whole bunch of IOU documents. So uh, then he died, and then the heirs came and said, all right, give us back our, our deceased relative's uh, documents. So Omer Lum, Amir Chaim Tafsu. So he, he, uh, she said to them, 
he gave them to me when he was alive. I'm entitled to hold on to them uh, and make sure my debts are paid back. They brought him in front of Reb Nachman. Do you have proof that uh, he wanted uh, that uh, the, you asked him for these uh, documents when the husband was alive below Yehavis Nalan and they didn't give them back? On the lay low? No. So Then it's like something that's taken after he died. You can't take it after he died. So the question here was, could they hold on to the documents for payback? And uh, unless they actually had a case where they, uh, uh, they, they uh, were given them when he was alive and he asked for them back and they said, well, wait a second, we need our money, uh, therefore it doesn't work. Okay, another case. Well, where is the, there's no real chiddush then, is it? Because she got those documents while he was alive. She did, but, they, but he didn't know that she wasn't going to give them back, apparently. In other words, he, he borrowed money from her, gave her the documents, and then, um, then he died, and then the orphans came and said, give us back the documents, and she said, well, I, w- I took these documents to pay back the loan. <laughs> he gave them to uh, me. And so the question, though, is, we didn't know that she was seizing them when he was alive. At what moment are these seized assets, and at what moment was she just holding on to them? Right, but we're, we're saying she's muksuk, but she's not tafsu. That, that's the Kiddush of that case. Does she need, does she need witnesses to seize it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Or witnesses that um, did seize it. There is a Rashi here. Tfisa la'achar misis shekol zman shehayuchai habikon meyadacha. When he was alive, you were just holding it for him. It's like he was still holding it. When it says you have to seize it, you see that he's close to dying. It's not just that you're holding it for him. You've seized it because you uh, want to get your debts paid back. Apparently, you've got to do another action. Like it's, uh, well, there were, she had two roles. Mm-hmm. Words, she was a lender. But she was also a, a mafia. Right, she, that's right. That's right. Right. So, so, so we, she needs to show that she's taking the role of, uh, of debt collector. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Another case. Who is this? So there was that woman, the Chayv Shua Bey Dinadarav. Yeah. Right. Right. If she had kind of witnesses, then that would have helped, yeah. Another case. There was a certain woman that came to court, and uh, she was obligated to swear. And uh, the chief of the Beisden, uh his wife was the daughter of Rav Chista. And uh, it's unusual to call a woman after she's married the daughter of so-and-so, but she was a very great person because she was Rav Chista's daughter. So Amalei Bas Rav Yadana So she told her husband, uh, the rabbi, she whispered in his ear, he said, this lady, you can't trust her for anything. <laughs> she lies. She yeah. lies for her teeth. She's going to swear to anything. So he said, is that so? <laughs> so therefore, in court that day, he said, well, it's not going to be of any value to put her on the witness stand. And he flipped the oath and made the other side swear instead. So based on what his wife told him, he was able to uh, change the case. Um, so Zimnan, another time, Havayosa Kamei Papa, he was sitting together with two other rabbis. 
Repapa Rav Adabar Masna. I said, Sharkabe, somebody brought a debt to collect. Omale Repapa, one of the rabbis said, Yadanabe Deshtar Periyahu. He said, This document's been paid already. This is a phony document. He told the other two rabbis. Omale, Ike Inishachrina Bahade Damar. Do you have at least one other witness to publicly testify that this document is no good? Omale, lo, no, I'm the, just me. Omale, Afgaf Ikamar. Even though you, even though you told us and you're the rabbi and you said it's no good, in court one witness doesn't do the trick. What do you mean one witness doesn't do the trick? By What about the case of Repapa where the daughter of Chista and but the daughter of Chista was one witness and it wasn't even a man; it was a woman, and you believed her. So why don't you believe me? So the answer is Basra of Chista, the daughter of Chista, Kimli Begavai. I trust her. Mar, you, Lo Kimli Gavai. I don't know everything. <laughs> uh, you're just a rabbi. I don't know what, if everything you say you could do 100%. But the daughter of Chista, she's 100%. So this, by the way, is a very important halakha concept. Kimli, I know. Kimli means I know like firsthand. Sometimes you know a person very, very well. Um, the Ramosha talks about this in, uh, I'm not sure if he uses these words, but it's this concept. There was a case where a person was a religious Jew in uh, Soviet Russia, communist Russia, and his children had to go to the school. In the school, they taught the kids to be atheists. And when he grew up and he was older and he was infirm, he couldn't go out to get kosher food. And his child, who was a total atheist, communist, brought him the food. So he said, can he trust him that it's kosher? He has no, no trust. So the old man said, that, I know my boy chick that he's not going to feed me treif. I know him, Akimli, I know, I know him. I know. So he said he could rely on that. There's this idea that you can, re- when you know somebody very, very well, <laughs> there's the idea of Kimli. I know, guys, I know my wife, like, you know, she, she said that lady's a liar, that lady's a liar. <laughs> so, so, Omar Papa Hashna, Omar Mark, Kimli, God, Milstahi, you said, that this Kimli works, that it's halakhically significant to know somebody firsthand. If Abba Barmori, who I know that he's like totally honest and it was totally reliable, if he tells me a document's no good, I would rip it up. The Morris said, Kurisi, would you rip it up? So that's already, that's already, you don't rip up a star. If he told me there was a problem with it, I, would, I, would, uh, I wouldn't let it be collected. So that's uh, that's another case. Another case. <coughs> there was a woman She had to swear in the court of Rabbi Barabaye. Um, uh, one of the people said, uh, uh, The story was like this. Uh, this was the court that was taking place was Haubaldin. Uh, that means the person was arguing. Thank you. Yeah. The, the um, so they, she was going to swear, but this court was not in the, in the city where they were from. So the Baldin was afraid that she would lie in, in front of this court because none of her friends would see her and she could get away with it. But uh, he made a request and said, can we transfer this to my local court where her neighbors are? And there she can't get away with lying because they all know what she looks like when she's lying. She has a poker face and they, they, she's not going to lie in front of them. So they requested that the oath that had to be administered be administered in the local city. So Amalahu Baldin 
let her go and swear in our hometown, uh, because there I believe she won't she won't lie false. So Epsher the mixer, perhaps she'll be embarrassed Umoda and she'll admit that she's uh, she really owes the money. Mm. So that was a reasonable request. So they agreed. Let's transfer it to the the local uh, place where that's fine. Arma, the lady said, kiss release She said, but the problem is the local court doesn't have the scribes to register it. So give me the document that I'm going to testify that I don't owe the money. I'll bring it there to the local court and get it witnessed. And then I'll, this way I won't have to travel back to town to prove that I took the oath. So, uh, when I make this, the document, the, court, the local court will put their stamp of approval on the document, and then I'll have it all said. Otherwise, I'll swear over there, and I'll have to come back over here. So He said, okay, we'll write you the document for us. So Rabibi Barabai uh, was a descendant of Eli. Eli was, uh, uh, was tainted uh, because when they were the Kohanim Gedolim, they didn't act appropriately. And uh, there, some people say that, uh, that, that um, when... Uh, Abaye uh, said something that wasn't correct. They made fun of him that you're from a mula. Uh, other people, there's other explanations. This word mula comes, actually means like you're full of it. Rashi, memula, beis eli. Shehen karusi, kuriyam. Those were people that were cut short. That's one shot. Then he wants to say, memula givonim bali mumin. Shehenu kaim kisharbenerim. Because you're handicapped, so you say handicapped words. You came from people that were Lacking, so you say things that are lacking. I'm just immediately milsa. Uh, yeah, so you're saying things that aren't not true. Um, me, why? Because you don't write a document before, it's, you don't write a pre document. Uh, so, Omar of Rava, if the court would write the document before it's done, before the witnesses sign it, puzzle. Why? Alma mixikashikra, because it makes it look like something is false here. Hachanami mixikashikra. This makes it look false. So um, therefore, they, you can't pre-write the document. You're writing the document that she swore that everything was good. <laughs> she swore the document. She came in front of us and she swore you can't pre-write it. But but that doesn't agree with uh, Rev Nachman. Rev Nachman does seem to say you could pre-write documents. Where does he say? Let's say a person. Uh, goes to the garbage dump and he finds an old divorce document for a different fellow that had the same name as him, he can use it. Vachasmu, uh, they signed it, but Nasla Kasher. So you can use documents as long you, you can pre write documents and you can use a document that's like pre printed. And even the opinion that argues says for divorces, divorces have to be written for her sake. But other documents can be pre-written. So here also you could pre-write the document. Let's say you had an IOU and it was paid and you want to use the same check again. In that case, you can't do it because it's, that document can't, isn't leanable anymore. It's because that document has already been used. But that the problem that it looks like false so the, we seem to be open to writing a document that hasn't been signed and uh, using it later, and it doesn't look like false. So we're having a debate 
whether you can write the document before the signatures, does it look like a false thing or not? Another case. Is it, when is, is this have any bearing on when, whether the guy is alive or not? But this case was that she wanted the document that she swore uh, that the money wasn't owed, and therefore, and it was witnessed in court. So well, this is after her husband had died. I don't know the exact circumstance of why she owed the money or what she was swearing okay. to. Okay. We're just talking about the yeah, just the pre-writing the document. Another case. Now these cases we're going to see three in a row, so we'll go through it quickly. What happened was um, somebody gave something of value to a person and then died, and then the heirs want to collect that thing of value. So Gabriel Ifkid shaved Marisa. He gave seven diamonds. It's Arabic. Sedina wrapped in a hanky. Bay Rev Mesha. Bar Breder of Yeshua ben Levi. He gave it to Rav, uh, Rav Mesha, the son of Yeshua ben Levi, to hold. Guess what? Shelchi Rav Mesha, he died, below pocket, and he didn't leave instructions. Asa Kameda Rav Ami. So the question was, uh, uh, do we assume it belonged to him or did it belong to someone else? Omalei Chadri Dibinadu Rav Mesha, Bar Breder Yeshua ben Levi, Lo Amid. He wasn't a rich guy. Where would he get the kind of money to have those kind of diamonds? For Oda Kayai Simna. And this other person knew the exact amount and way that uh, they were kind of bag they were in, so give them to the other person. So again, what happened was uh, somebody gave a, a sage some money to hold on to, uh, uh, some diamonds wrapped in a cloth, and then the sage died, and the heirs said, well, it's our money. And, they, and uh, the other person said, no, I gave it to him to hold for me for safekeeping, and I can prove it's mine, and he gave him the details. So the Bayesian said, well, First of all, he wasn't rich. He, it's not likely that he would have had such kind of money himself. And also, the other guy gave a simon. And this only works. This person who gave the simon wasn't somebody who was always in the rabbi's study. But if he was always in and out of the maybe there's a different person who gave it. And he spied on him and saw the exact simon. Another case. Somebody left a silver, valuable silver cup in, uh, in the house of Chasa to hold. Chasa died. He didn't leave any instructions as to who owned the cup. And the person came and said to the heirs, Give me my cup. Nachman says, I knew Chasa. He didn't have a penny. He wasn't rich. And the guy described the cup perfectly. You can give it back to him unless you know that he was always in and out of the rabbi's study and so he would have spied on it and gotten the details. But if you knew that uh, he was uh, in and out, it could be it belonged to someone else, but you mix the cause that he saw it. So that's, that's identical to the previous case. The only difference is this case it was a silver cup and that case it was seven gems. A third case. Uh, this person left his mitkasa. What is the mitkasa? Uh, <coughs> Why are they leaving these things with these? Uh, oh, this is valuable clothing. It's silk, silk tight. What? Um, they, sometimes you, you're going to the marketplace and so you want somebody to hold on to your wallet for you. You know, that's... Uh, okay. So they, he asked them here, hold on to my wallet for me. Revdimi barakva de rifsafra. Shokhev. And uh, meanwhile, Revdimi died. Below pocket, he didn't leave instructions. Also, come to Rav They came in for Rambam. So Chad Rav said, "I know Rav Dimi. He wasn't a rich guy. Never had uh, stuff, uh, valuable silk like that." This person described it perfectly. 
below Amrin, but we would only believe him. The low Rago, the Ayavanafil, he wasn't always in and out of the rabbi's study. But if he was in and out of there, maybe it belonged to somebody else. But we, it seems to be enough to know that this per, original person would not have been wealthy enough to have such a thing like that himself. And in possession. And there's a claimant, and the claimant describes all the details exactly. That's why we give it to him. Seven gems, <laughs> a silver cup to, uh, you know, a silver <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know, yeah. That's a good question. Why we have all the three cases and are they decreasing? Okay, uh, another case. A person uh, was in the process of dying and uh, he didn't leave a will, but he told everybody there, I'm leaving my money to Tuvia. That's, uh, and then he died. So, Shokhev, he died. So, uh, but they didn't know who Tuvia was. So all of a sudden, <laughs> which Tuvia is that? So that's the Tuvia. So Tuvia came. Uh, to, uh, uh, all of a sudden, the Tuvia shows up. So Omar of Yochanan, Hari bought Tuvia. He said, perfect, that's Tuvia. Give it to him. Um, uh, Omar Tuvia. All right. So that's, that case was simple. There, there was the, 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 the person came who was Tuvia. But what about if he said Tuvia and a rabbi Tuvia comes? Asa Rav Tuvia. So, Omar Tuvia, Asa Rav Tuvia. So, Lutuva Omar, Rav Tuvia, Lo Omar. I can't give it to you. He said, Give it to Rabbi Tuvia. You're not Rabbi Tuvia, you're plain Tuvia. The Inish to Gaspe, but if you're buddy buddy with him, he said, Give it to Ilan or whatever, Rabbi Ilan or whatever, the Gaspe, your buddies, so then I could give it to you. Because maybe you're on a first name basis with him. Okay. Asu Shnei Tuvias. What do you do if two Tuvias show up? So then, how do you do? So one of them is a shokin, one of them is their neighbor Tuvia, and one of them is the scholar Tuvia. So then give it to the Talmud Chacham Kodim. Um, the Talmud Chacham would be the one. Rashi says, fascinating Rashi, a person who's dying wants, uh, is worried about uh, that he's dying and <coughs> wants to face the judgment. So the best kind of tzedakah is to give to a Talmud Chacham. So chances are he would have won, let's see, Rashi, Talmud Chacham, Person's dying wants to get a tzedakah. The reward given for somebody that helps a poor scholar uh, is unbelievable. You can't even count it. In other words, they were talking about the rewards in the world to come, but he said you can't imagine the reward for somebody that helps a poor Talmud Chacham. So, therefore, it's probably the Talmud Chacham. Uh, so they said you could give it to him. Okay, next case. What if it's a relative in a Talmud Chacham? Also, Talmud Chacham Kodim. Iboilu, what if it's a neighbor and a relative? He said, give it to Tuvia. And his neighbor's name is Tuvia, and his cousin's name is Tuvia. So my, Toshma, It's better a close neighbor than a far-off brother. If, if we know that he was closer with the neighbor than the relative, so we give it to the neighbor. What about a shneim krov mishneim shkenim? He liked them both. He loved them both. They were both close. They were both close. both related. Each one mishneim chachamim, and they were both uh, both sages. So, what, in other words, both equal. So, show to the die and let the judge figure it out. That's an expression that the the judge will have to use some criteria to figure out, get in the mindset of that person. There is a little bit of debate about that term here. 
uh, about what it means, this word showed it a dina. It's like, it could, some people learn it's like a toss-up. Uh, you look in Rashi, it says, show to throw it to the, the judge is allowed to like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, like show to beyond, like toss in the sea. Tosa doesn't want to learn that way. Uh, a little bit of a debate about what, what does it mean? Does the judge, can the judge guess? Or does it mean the judge figures out? Uh, uh, but anyway, he said one final case. I'll tell you a great thing I heard the name of your father. Let's say somebody sells somebody an IOU. And then you forgive the IOU. So the money goes to you. So can you forgive the loan? Even the, an inheritor can be mochel. Um, now, you have to pay him back because you, you promised him an IOU and then you forgave it, but you can forgive the loan. Shmuel had a case where somebody uh, owed money uh, to somebody. Um, and this was a woman. Um, and, uh, and then the... Uh, she, this was her ksuva, I guess. She sold it to somebody. And then she, she was mochel ksuva. And the question was, could she forgive the loan? She ain't a mochel, nay, she yado kayada. In that case, she, can't, she sold it to her husband. Let's get the case here. You know, I'm running so fast. Um, sold her, her to her husband? You know what? We'll do it tomorrow. I don't like to rush cases. Okay. So we'll stop here. We'll redo that final case, if you remind me, if I don't forget. She, uh, she sold her ksuvak back to her husband, and then she forgave it. Um, this is dealing with when you sell an IOU. So Ruvain loaned Shimon money, right? So, um, and uh, Ruvain has an IOU from Shimon. It says Shimon owes Ruvain money, and Ruvain sells the IOU to Levi. So Levi, though, can collect it, but what happens if Shimon says, I, I, uh, Ruvain says, I forgive the loan? So then it's no longer collectible. Uh, so then the question is, who's allowed to forgive a loan? Now, Levy has a complaint, I paid you money for it, but at the end of the day, if the loan has to go through you, you can forgive it.